Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hello folks, it's Ben here. Welcome to A Small Voice Podcast, and many thanks for joining me for episode 76 on which my guest is the current Deutsche Börse Prize finalist, Raphael Milak. First, some housekeeping as always. If you like the podcast, please do recommend it to other like-minded souls by going over to iTunes and leaving a very brief review. If you'd like to contribute the price of a cappuccino and a chocolate brownie from your neighbourhood hipster coffee shop, I'm going to go with a different kind of cake myself. Once a month to support the ongoing production of this free podcast, you can do that on the website bensmithphoto.com slash a small voice. If you need somebody to build you a new website using Squarespace, come to me first because I can provide the full service at a very special rate. Also, two words, tote bags. I still have a very limited number of small voice tote bags available. And once those are gone, that'll probably be that. So you will be the proud owner of a very limited edition of 50 tote bags in total, if you see what I mean. You won't own 50 tote bags, you'll own one of 50. You can order one from the website, just click on merch. They're only six quid plus postage. And uh, so if you express an interest on social media and haven't yet placed your order, what are you waiting for? Shipping worldwide while stocks last, which won't be for very long. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club, the world's first book of the month club dedicated exclusively to photo books. Each month, Charcoal works with the most respected photographers and publishers in the industry to send hand-picked books directly to your door, whether you're a professional artist or photographer, with a stocked library, or a novice who's just beginning to build their collection. Charcoal Book Club is an easy and affordable way to stay up to date on the most essential work in contemporary photography. The club offers free shipping to the UK, Canada and the US, and members get exclusive perks such as signed copies and access to rare titles and more. And yet again, for a limited period of time, Charcoal are extending a very special introductory offer exclusively to small voice listeners when you sign up any photo book of your choice from their library for free. So go to charcoalbookclub.com and use the special code of small voice when you sign up to receive your free photo book. For the latest and greatest photo books delivered to your door with free shipping and no hassles, check out the charcoalbookclub.com where they're on a mission to inform the mind and inspire the soul. I'm all signed up myself now, so I have to say I am genuinely quite excited to think that every month from now on I can look forward to the postman bringing me a beautiful new photo book which has been carefully and expertly picked out by Jesse and the team at Charcoal. Go check them out. So Polish photographer and visual artist Rafał Milak's work focuses on topics related to the transformation of the former Eastern Bloc. He's a graduate of the Academy of Fine Arts in Katowice, Poland, and the ITF's Institute of Creative Photography of the Silesian University and Opava, Czech Republic. His award-winning photo books include The Winners, Seven Rooms, and The First March of Gentlemen. Rafael has received scholarships from the Polish Minister of Culture and National Heritage, the Magnum Foundation, and the European Cultural Foundation. He was a winner of the World Press Photo Competition and is currently a finalist in the prestigious Deutsche Börse Photography Foundation Prize for 2018. Raffel is a co-founder of the Sputnik Photos Collective and his work has been widely exhibited in Poland and worldwide, mainly it seems in places the names of which I would find it impossible to pronounce, but check the show notes for more information. I've been an admirer of this guy's work for a long time, so it was a great pleasure to talk with the super smart Raffel Milak. Let's start with now, because you are shortlisted for the Deutsche Börse Prize. That's quite exciting, right? Yeah, well, it's very exciting, yeah. Yeah. How did you find out you'd got through to the last four? Uh, well, Brett called me. Yeah. And she said that the refusal show is one of the four nominees. Great. And it was an amazing news, because yeah. uh, it, it's a probably... Uh, my most important body of work to me at least uh, and it's like the most recent body of work yeah. so I'm super glad to to share it with the uh, uh, with the UK audience and international audience actually yeah 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 well we, we will talk about it obviously but I'm, I'm, I'd like to um, you know get into it later but we should I think maybe go back because wh- I think what's interesting for me is is the way that your work has transitioned quite a lot 
you know from from one style to another of, of late and i think it'd be interesting to to hear more about how that happened um you started off in a much more kind of documentary type of uh space and and the the, the latest work is much more conceptual um so let's start at the beginning really i mean you, you obviously you're polish you grew up in poland what kind of poland did you did you grow up in it was what the 80s or something so what was the situation in at that stage well it was a communist poland uh when like at least for the few um few years of, uh, of my life i mean when the when the communist uh poland collapsed uh, i was uh let me count i was 11 uh so it's a rather memory like a childhood memory or teenage early teenage memory uh but uh, it was very um important moment in my life that i think uh like cast some sort of a impact or i don't know if you can cast an impact but that it was quite an impact on uh, yeah. on my uh current interests because the transition is something that is with me from since the very beginning of of my visual career so um and i experienced this transition i have i'm very glad that i have the memories of the communist poland with the you know uh, shortage of everything you know queuing for toilet paper etc mm. stuff like that and um i'm i'm i maybe that's why i can like more appreciate uh uh what what i what i have now not only in not not in terms of uh possessing things or m- like material values but uh, also uh, but primarily um uh, uh when it comes to a freedom the like the like the open borders etc so this is this is something that it's very very precious for me right so you you glad that you had that experience of how it was before so yeah. you can appreciate you know yeah. the improvements kind of thing yeah and you focused a lot on that part of the wor- world or you know on sort of you know russia and i think you're, you've got roots in in belarus and and ukraine is that family roots yeah well my entire family comes from uh, uh today's belarus and uh, ukraine i and even even russia so i'm i'm all eastern so i yeah. belong to that region yeah very much but you started doing graphic design, didn't you? How did how did you transition from that into photography? What happened? You had quite a, I think you had quite an influential teacher, didn't you? Uh, yeah, just, uh, I'm. I'm. Yeah, actually, I'm a retired graphic designer. Uh, so uh, it's I don't know if it's if it's disturbing or or, or not, especially uh, like working with uh, other graphic designers on on my books. Uh, we, uh, which is mostly my wife Anya, and um, I hope that helps and doesn't disturb that much. Uh, so yeah, it, I primarily uh, wanted to be a, a graphic designer. I wanted to make posters. Uh, Poland has a very strong tradition in poster making, and I was fascinated by that. And um, photography uh, came. I would say accidentally it was like an obligatory course that I had to do uh, at the Fine Arts Academy so not a romantic start no right <laughs> but was, did, was it an immediate kind of thing that you kind of you know kind of fell in love with it or was it more of a slow kind of you know you kind of got into it as time went on well actually it was uh, like a, a love from the first sight I would say because uh, uh, it was actually uh, the first time I got the camera in my hands uh, when I when I started uh, studies uh, at the Fine Arts Academy, and uh, and all, all of a sudden I just regretted all these years without the camera and uh, like being um, being somewhere in your inner space or um, uh, like imagining constantly the world. Uh, of course, you're just interpreting things that you. That surround you, and um, and you react. Uh, you always react on what's 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 surrounding you. But at the same time, being in this inner space, uh, 
was something that I I got used to, and photography, and especially documentary photography, kind of opened like a totally different space in front of me. So it was like I, I got fascinated that I could observe, I could react, I could record, and uh, I think it was an amazing experience, um, and it changed my attitude, uh, like you know, one one hundred eighty degrees. So mm. it was uh, something that. That shook my experience. Yeah, and um, who was the teacher uh, that you had who was uh, influential? Because because I, I think he he was sort of encouraging or he, you know. Yeah, it was my first teacher, and it was like I think it was like a, one of the most crucial uh, personas that I met along my along my way with photography and visual arts. It was Piotr Szymon. He was he was a Polish photographer. He was my teacher at the Fine Arts Academy, and uh, he was a great documentary photographer uh, who died tragically uh, a few years ago. Mm. So, um, but without him, I wouldn't be here. Right. So. So yeah, very important. Big, yeah. These things are quite often, you know, these kind of weird little almost coincidences that uh, that can change your whole your whole kind of traje- trajectory. Yeah, uh, well, the, another question is how much coincidental it is actually, or maybe it was like it was everything was like it was supposed to be, uh, right. and it was uh, it was like a very long path when, when I when I think about it uh, from today's perspective. But like the the, the his passionate attitude and uh, yeah, really yeah, passionate attitude and. Uh, uh, and uh, encouragement and this loads of encouragement that I got from him it was something really really amazing so I always I'm teaching myself now I'm, I'm, I'm uh, lecturing at the um, uh, ITF this Institute for Creative Photography in Czech Republic in Apava and uh, I always try to re- remind myself his attitude uh and these loads of trust and uh, encouragement that I got as a as a starting photographer. So I try to cast a little bit of that on my own students. Right, right. So it's kind of his legacy can continue in a way, but through through you and the other people that he's taught, I suppose. I hope to. so. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Did you immediately think that you were gonna? be a professional and earn a living or did you think maybe you could do graphic design to earn the money and then the photography would be another thing was that your thought well that was the beginning i mean i i i never thought that i could be a professional photographer uh but uh i remember my first publication uh, in uh, one of uh, polish uh, weekly magazines and that uh it was in the beginning of 2000 and uh and uh, I was I was shocked that I could uh, be paid for what I do, like and paid pretty well. Uh, actually, this was my uh, best salary ever I got from the Polish magazines, so uh, I had a quite a nice start. And uh, then I thought maybe that could be something that I could do for a living. But you've always kind of worked on personal projects. It's always been kind of bodies of work, really, rather than little things. Was that? you know how how did you come to, to to that decision that that's what you wanted to do or was it just very obvious to you that that was the way to go well you know like when i think about my first projects uh, and uh, like a long term projects it was uh, it was not something that was super conscious or uh, something that was like precisely planned or i i could imagine how it could how how would it be to work on a long term personal project uh, it was like rather some instinctive thing that I, I had this urge of uh, like working and digging and expanding the the subject and um, I didn't know I didn't even know the term a long term project so right. everything you know was sort of that I was always missing something so I was like coming back coming back uh, working and dedicating my time more and more time to this some particular subject and. Uh, then it turned into some sort of a method. Uh, and of course, the dynamics of each project is different. But uh, yeah, it was uh, like, I would say the core of my photographic activity is based on this long-term um, uh, like project-related things, yeah. Yeah, structures. Yeah. What photographers were you sort of uh, inspired by? Were you, were you seeking out you know, other people's work? Oh, well, it's... Uh, 
quite quite a list, but you mean in general or like uh, yeah, or I mean, back then or I mean, uh, today? At, right at the beginning, um, who were the who were the people who you know who sort of inspired you? Were you looking at photo books? Well, the photo books were not that much accessible back in right. Like, That's what I was thinking. Beginning of 2000s or the end of the 90s in Poland. There were some. Um, but uh, I think uh, one of the... Um, well, this inspiration things is always uh, something that is uh, uh, fascinating and creepy at the same time because uh, uh, you just got a lot of inspiration and it influences your way of thinking, your work, and then you have to rework it and you have to get rid of it. So I remember as uh, when I was uh, really a, like, uh, starting with photography, And uh, Michael Ackerman came to Poland to work on his uh, projects, and uh, I met him. I uh, and it was a kind of a strong uh, experience to me. And of course, uh, immediately I wanted to become uh, an Ackerman, uh, which of course was uh, uh, like a strange thing to think, or maybe a very natural thing to to to, to do, uh, but. Uh, it was like uh, my first encounter with a strong, defined um, artistic uh, personality, and uh, and you know, I, I, I it took me quite a long time to get get rid of him of my head, mm -hmm. uh, but it was a very good experience of uh, of um, you know processing uh, somebody else's experiences and how I could possibly incorporate them in my own practice. So. Uh, that was uh, pretty remarkable and later on uh, I don't know I think the the work of uh, the Brumek chanarin uh, duo was something that also changed my perspective and uh, which is strictly linked to the this, to the show in in the photographer's gallery uh, uh, where I also sort of collaborated with Adam Bloomberg to to create this show so I'm I feel uh, um, I feel uh, like <laughs> you know it's a uh, this 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 world of inspirations and my own perspective is like really really merging mm. so yeah well I think that's an interesting point about how to how to be kind of uh, inspired but without being too overly influenced by by someone you know so you don't want to keep your own identity yeah yeah of course yeah. well we will get on to the the, the show um, which is the which is the Deutsche Bors show here at the photographers gallery um, but um, yeah in terms of the early what was the first thing was because you went to Russia And that became Seven Rooms, which was your your book about a kind of big, kind of epic road trip you took ac across Russia. What was your um, your main reason? Because I think you were really just trying to connect with your family at the, at, the, at, the, at that time. Was that your was that the excuse, as it were? It was a starting point uh, to um, to to go to my um, relative to go and meet my relatives that live uh, uh, by the Baikal Sea. So, um, but on the way, I. I I photographed and uh, I met people and uh, of course like this first few years in Russia that I that I uh, kind of worked on some idea of a project uh, that was not very much defined back then um, it was something that uh, like developed very sp in very much in a spontaneous way and uh, it was not that much Planned. And of course, this first trip to meet my my relatives was uh, um, uh, was this like ultimate goal that I uh, or destination point I would rather say uh, to uh, um, like in this first phase of uh, development of this of, of of this particular project, which took me like three years to understand what I really want to bring from Russia. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a hell of a challenge to try and sort of encapsulate a whole <laughs> a whole. Country, especially somewhere something that's impossible. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's terrible actually. If you whenever you try to do that, you just you always fail because you're always on the surface and you just uh, you know even I think even Russians don't understand Russia yeah. like at least intellectually. I mean, you just uh, 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 not well intellectually. 
I mean, it's so unpredictable, and like uh, a lot of my, uh, a lot of protagonists of my of this of this particular project, they, uh, the, the the my Russian friends, they uh, they admit that. So, uh, how much how, how how much more difficult is for a stranger and uh, outsider to to come and trying to understand mm. uh, Russia? How do you get under the surface then? Oh, well, uh, uh, I hope I got under the surface. Is it, uh, is it a matter of time? It was uh, like a, a matter of uh, acknowledging your incapacities of telling some sort of a story. So this was like my first uh, important failure that I did. You know, like I realized that it's I couldn't. Uh, I c- I just couldn't embrace uh, embrace like uh, some such a complex. Uh, 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 vast uh, subject as a Russia, you know. It's like I, 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 I tried to do that. I tried to travel a lot and to be in the different places, uh, and uh, also uh, in lots of places that I have already seen in other photographers' pictures, the great images. Um, and uh, and then at some point I said, no, it's not possible to me to work that way. So why wouldn't I focus on something that is uh, close to me, that I partially can re- refer to, that I can sort of understand and it turned out that this is the like a very small group of people that I've been coming back uh, and photographing them for um, uh, for a few years so this was like a quite a relief uh, when I understood that I could also say the story about this uh, like a complex different planet uh, of Russia through uh, this uh, uh, selected uh, narrow group of people. Mm, right, okay, yeah, because then it, it becomes more manageable. You've c- you got something specific yeah. there that you can work yeah. with. Yeah, it's fragmentary. It's not a complete, it's not, it's actually, it's not about Russia. It's about these people. It's about some, it's about the, the experience of generation that also experience a transition because they all grew up, um, I mean, they were all born in uh, Soviet Russia and they grew up in Putin's Russia. So uh, it they have like a sort of similar experiences. And they were like my... Uh, uh, um, we were at, uh, almost at the same age, so uh, it was uh, it was really something that I could refer to uh, mm. from my own experience experience of transition that I mentioned before in uh, in Poland. Right, you could relate to it, yeah. Yeah, of course, it's, it was different in Poland than in, than in Russia, but still, you know, it was a big common denominator between us so yeah, of course yeah. where does the title seven rooms come from how did that come about well it comes from this uh, private spaces that i decided to focus on it's right. like this like the uh, this 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 room like komnata uh, in uh, in uh, in russian uh it's uh, it's something where the lives uh that 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 it's this some some genuine and uh, uh, sincere space that not everyone has an access to. So it took me three years to understand that I actually have few the access to few of these rooms mm. um, of these private spaces of of uh, of the people that I photographed. So uh, it's like this metaphor of this private space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how did you find Russia? Was it? Um was it like you expected it to be or or you know did it did it kind of confound your your expectations oh well i had uh, i i was scared as hell uh, coming to russia for the first time because the, first of all i didn't speak a language even though i um uh, I was uh, probably the last generation that had uh, obligatory uh, Russian classes in primary school, so I should, I should have known something, but I didn't. That I regretted afterwards. So a lot of uh, uh, prejudices, a lot of uh, like fears, a lot of uh, preconceptions that uh, I also took from the photography projects that I've seen which were dealing rather with these more extreme uh, spaces in Russia like you know focusing on these parts of society which is like either super rich or or some you know pathological heavy vodka drinking stuff and uh, I I, you know you all or some prison camps or whatever and, and, and or mafia 
uh, mafia wars uh, in in the 90s and uh, you just gather all this sort of informations and uh, then you just have to face uh, face the reality you know and it's uh, it was uh, uh, i remember like my first days was was like crazy uh uh unsecure uh, um like full of fears full of uh, 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 uh like this uh, very sensitive experiences that I, i i i started together in russia i remember my first night in a hotel that doesn't exist anymore it was like this uh, uh like a labor class hotel or something like that that you could rent a bed in uh, in 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 a room so it was like a, not actually like a huge common room but it was like a Uh, uh, like a double room or something like or double bedroom and uh, I and I was not aware that you could actually like join the uh, such a small <laughs> space and uh, so in, at the first moment I was quite happy that I got uh, the bed in uh, like uh, in the double bedroom for relatively good price mm. and uh, all, all of a sudden at 3 a.m some uh, some man uh, is uh, you know uh, is is coming uh, coming in and like opening the door you, you just don't know what's going on yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was like uh, and starting starting speaking to you in 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 russian i was terrified <laughs> and but uh, after like a half an hour talk it turned out it was like some Like a, a butcher working for some like a night shift or something like that and it was uh, that at least what I understood with this my very primitive Russian and uh, and it and then like all fears went away because this uh, this is since you get to know the place or uh, get the experience of the place uh, your fears are like going away because these are all these uh, uh, like preconceptions that you're creating in in, in, your, in, head. in your head and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't necessarily uh, uh covers the the reality or the right yeah. but you had to get used to that but yeah because i mean you were quite young at that point i was uh well, i was not that super young i think it was like 25, 6 yeah that seems quite young well, <laughs> yeah it was uh, yeah. but uh, I mean what were you you know did you get used to what do you like uh, at, with solitude what are you like at uh, travelling alone what are you like at uh, being in your own company well actually I'm I'm alone but I'm always with people so this is something that stimulates me a lot and uh, I like to be with uh, local people that's why I like to speak the language of the place where I go to so I had to learn Russian very quickly and i it was it seemed to to be a little bit uh, more easier than i expected and uh, since i started to communicate in the local language that that was also kind of a relief and like being with being with people and like uh, being like flexible or trying to like blend in uh, it's uh, Is this like a very strange uh, uh, shape of solitude? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's actually not a solitude. I mean, you're you're always with someone, right? Yeah. You also did um, you did that thing in Iceland um, in the car with R. Was that before? Was did that come afterwards? It was afterwards. It was yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So again, it was another road trip, uh, in a way, um, but in the car with R. R being you. Um, And and you had a companion. How did that all come about? Was that a kind of you know? Did that just happen? To, you know, was it planned or did it just yeah. evolve? First of all, it was traumatic. And was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least in the beginning. Uh, well, Intercar with Her was uh, something that uh, was a totally different thing from my previous experiences. Well. Uh, Russia was related to travels, but uh, after this three years of working in this initial phase of the project and uh, working for another three and a half years uh, for uh, for this defined and uh, structured project that I already had in my head, it was not no longer uh, uh, related to traveling itself because it was about this um, intimate spaces that I was coming back to. Uh, coming coming back and for uh, photographing um, uh, like this particular uh, people in in these spaces uh, while uh, in the car with R was rather related to the trip and idea of being um, on the road uh, and this was uh, something that I actually 
this was something actually that I did in uh, in a way uh, while working on uh, another story uh, called Black Sea of Concrete, which was um, like the road trip around uh, along uh, the Ukrainian Black Sea coast. But like this post-Soviet region uh, is so uh, visually defined, and it really um, impacts your um, visual behavior. Uh, while on uh, while Iceland, uh, uh, which uh, which was the the in the car with our project, uh, was something totally new because the the landscape was different, the the, the people were different, and um, it was it was uh, no longer a uh, uh, post Soviet or East Bloc uh, uh, territory. So it was a completely new experience to me, and uh, it was. Actually, the first time that I directed the lens of my camera towards myself, it was like a, it was a very, very autobiographical uh, story, and of course, my re- relation uh, with a writer, with Hulda Breyfjord, a great um, uh, Icelandic uh, writer that I really admire, um, was my c- companion. Was like a, in the beginning, was a kind of a difficult companion that we couldn't get along quite well, and uh, like idea of spending uh, like uh, eight, ten hours in a car with someone that you really don't understand or uh, mm. you you don't you just don't get along uh it was a kind of an experience uh, but uh, you know uh, but in a way that gave you the the subject in a way you know that you could explore what was the but what was the the, the reason behind the whole thing well it was um, it was something that um, you're um again like uh, second failure i would say uh or second failure that gives you uh, a lesson again yeah like this is incredibly important I, i'm really glad that you're talking about these 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 favorite failures because i think that you know that's what they are right you yeah. they're things that have taught you a lot at the time it probably feels pretty awful but then you realize there's something Abs- to learn absolutely this is something which is i would say necessary because uh, as soon as you realize that you're incapable of doing something that puts you in a very special position because uh, then you can react, you can respond to it and you can find a solution. So uh, uh, knowing your limitations is also a good thing and I'm, I, I think I'm like doing it constantly and it, I, I, to me it's the, m- it's the field that it's the, the biggest inspiration and it, I, I, I think it, uh, uh, it provokes the uh, evolution of, uh, of, of my work. And uh, Iceland was again like this, mm. uh, like uh, facing uh, like a totally different geographical place, uh, different language, um, uh, a, a rural uh, areas, which was never a field of my interest. Uh, being with someone uh, or working with someone uh, that you don't really uh, fit, you don't fit together yeah. that much. It was uh, quite a harsh uh, beginning, but uh, with time, um, and and of course, being in a place that doesn't belong to your uh, like cult- cultural uh, uh, back- backdrop, because uh, even uh, even though I come from Poland and I I go to Russia and uh, it's uh, Poland is not Russia, but still there is. T- there is there are a lot of similarities and it's like uh, this like slavic backdrop is something that connects uh, uh, while on iceland it was something like it was like another planet right, like yeah. a completely different place and uh, uh, and all of a sudden you have to uh, face it and you have to respond to it somehow so it was again about this uh, Incapacity of understanding is uh, understanding this place uh, again as an outsider, as a, as a, as a, and at this very personal uh, level of my backdrop uh, experiences, this transition issues, etc. Uh, everything that was uh, I like um, uh, a main core of my interest uh, in my previous projects. I didn't have that in uh, um, um, on Iceland, but I had. Uh, other obstacles that I I had to mm. uh, face. So this was something that uh, that uh, again um, put me in this position of incapacity of 
uh, understanding the place. So you just respond very spontaneously on, on what you see. It's like from minute to minute, literally. It was like uh, nothing was planned. And uh, aside of the fact that we um, uh, made a round trip around uh, Iceland with this famous highway number one. Uh, and it was a very good experience in terms of uh, uh, like uh, facing again our... Uh, preconceptions about the place and uh, a lack of uh, experience at, at least at, in um, in my case because uh, the Icelander that I was working with uh, Hulder uh, wrote a book about this about this road like 12 years before our trip oh, right yeah so he was your sort of guide really in a way strange sort of guy because <laughs> I was asking him a lot of questions he was not so eager to respond to all of them and I think I've been quite annoying and uh, he wrote a beautiful text mm. uh, about that about mm. our struggle about him trying to understand the perspective of a photographer coming to some strange place that that he doesn't understand and uh, it, it was like and he was like is always questioning uh, uh, what what all of that means and if it's even possible to understand uh, or uh, embrace like like much smaller space than Russia like this small island uh, so it was like a very nice uh, like a ping pong between us uh, like having uh, being in the same places and experiencing the, the same situations the same uh, landscapes the same people but from like a two different perspectives yeah. so I had an impression that like two parallel stories were created and I think that's the beauty of this project yeah I like the way he said that um you know, doing a road trip with a photographer is like going shopping with a girlfriend who wants to try on everything, you know. It's like, that's, yeah, I can totally see how you'd feel that way. For a, totally, yeah. I agree. Yeah. You have to pull over every five minutes or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, moving on, because you, you've done a lot of books and you've, I guess you've always, you've always made books and, and from the start and um, you know, I'm going to ask you a little bit about uh, that process. But you've, me you've already mentioned Black Sea of Concrete, which was, as you say, on the, the, the Ukraine uh, coast, Black Sea coast. Um, was that just, um, did you see that as a kind of uh, follow on from the Russia book, the Russia project? Actually, it happened in the meantime of the of Russian project. <laughs> right, uh, right. But the book was published after, after Seven Rooms was published. So uh, it's like a strange chronology. But uh, yeah, this like two projects. They uh, I think they visually operate a very similar visual language. Uh, and then uh, Iceland was uh, uh, a again quite uh, good experience to me because I think I destroyed. I managed to destroy this this language that I worked worked on uh, for the, like this past eight years working uh, working in Russia. So uh, I was it was again kind of a relief like to uh to make something different and to respond to this very much different environment in with a different language yeah so your your style of of shooting changed with the change in kind of uh, yeah. environment or whatever yeah. else yeah, yeah absolutely and this idea of style is terrifying me as well i mean i try not to find my own style because it's a uh, it's something uh, that like it, it like puts you in some sort of a box, and then you have to deal with it. And then, uh, since you're uh, like um, everywhere, pretty much everywhere, like because these are just the visual tools to create some sort of a communicate. And uh, it's such a vast territory. And uh, why would you uh, why would you stick to one only one sector of it? And uh, at least this is my perspective. And I know the artists that can be in this very defined space and they can renew uh, like um, uh, interpret this space uh, uh, over and over again but uh, to me it's it was just uh, impossible to mm. uh, to do mm. yeah, yeah th I mean this really kind of brings us on to I suppose what I alluded to before which is the fact that um, you're now working in a very different um, style um, uh, you know, um, is, did you make a conscious decision that you were going to move away from what you already, you know, been been used to? I, I would say it was a conscious uh, response to another field or another space that I w I started to face, or I got fascinated with uh, for the past seven years, which is 
drawing my attention more into the systems and some constellations rather than the individual stories, which was the also the case of the seven rooms or even the uh, uh, the, the Icelandic trip. Or, uh, so it was uh, it was it was uh, uh, quite a shift. And I uh, what was what what's what's uh, seemingly. Um, most significant is that the, I gained some sort of a distance because I had to do it. I, I mean, because I, I got fascinated with uh, uh, these mechanisms rather than uh, these little elements that are building these mechanisms or used by these mechanisms. And I'm I'm speaking about uh, propaganda and, and uh, uh, all sorts of mechanisms that are linked to it. And uh, the Winners Project was, um, uh, uh, which I uh, w- which which I did in in Belarus uh, between 2011 and ter- 2013, uh, was uh, was my first experience with such such an approach, mm-hmm. and. Uh, where of course people are in, involved and um, and uh, but not not only uh, like spaces, animals, objects, uh, and so I I think I started to work with collections and uh, yeah. yeah. So that's almost the that's almost the transition point there where you kind of incorporated you know some fairly straight ahead portraiture, but then there was this kind of tendency to move towards this more conceptual area. More abstract because or more abstract. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the word yeah, really I'm yeah. looking for. Uh, because I still think that m- that the work that is presented here in uh, in the photographer's gallery it's a uh, uh, it's 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 very straightforward documentary photography. It's uh, not fi- that much figurative as it was before, and because I got fascinated more by uh, like traces, like human traces or traces of of these mechanisms that were created by humans and uh, uh, rather than the like this direct representation of uh, of uh, of uh, of human in 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 the pictures but they are still very straightforward documentary photography i would say loaded with context with information that you have to that you have to have uh, but uh, still it's uh, it's quite a simple Simple communicate mm. that uh, that you that you, that you're dealing with. Well, what you preceded the the refusal work with was the March of um, Gentlemen. Sorry, what's the what's the title? The first March the of f- Gentlemen. Sorry, the first March of Gentlemen. Um, so, are these two projects linked? They're they're, they're uh, at some point uh, they they intersect because um, I think for, for the past eight years, uh, seven eight years uh, of my work. I'm very much interested with this, with the political background of uh, of today, mm-hmm. and um, while the refusal deals with uh, like a larger, larger scale uh, territory like uh, like um, Belarus, uh, Ukraine, uh, Georgia, Azerbaijan, and Poland, uh, the first march of gentlemen uh, like refers to uh, a Polish backdrop, but. I hope that the uh, the story itself it communicates on like more abstract, uh, more universal, uh, more uh, more universal level that doesn't require a uh, some particular knowledge uh, of the facts that this that that the project refers to, because it's uh, uh, the entire thing uh, deals with. Uh, with a clash of two spaces, the space, the space of freedom and the space of pacification, and uh, uh, and it's my direct response on uh, political events that are uh, that we are facing um, uh, in Poland for the past two years, mm. which is a permanent state of uh, demonstration. Well, give us a little bit of context then. What is what is going on as far as the the political situation? In, in when uh, in the project or in Poland? In, po- in uh, Poland. Well, well, in po- both well, in Poland. well, we have uh, uh, quite a right-wing government uh, right now, and like constitutional laws and judiciary system is uh, violated, and, and in, 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 it was like uh, it became like dependent on the ruling party, uh, which is a 
pretty scary uh, situations like human rights uh, are uh, violated so that's why we have like the, 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 the black marches and organized by um, like, a, uh, like a feminist uh, uh, movement but not only feminist movements by women in general uh, like protesting uh, like the introduction of very restrictive abortion laws and and uh, most recently um, uh, the uh, uh, the new uh, the new the new bill uh, uh, was introduced uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, like a, uh, like a, uh, with um, uh, like Polish input in the in, in in the Holocaust and like like so it's like uh, really dealing with uh, 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 with this very f fragile but important uh, sectors of our um, of our contemporary history and it's like uh, it uh, relieves uh, uh, a lot of traumas a lot of mm. uh, uh, conflicts and. Uh, uh, It, it's like all these elements are intersecting in our uh, like a public sphere, and uh, aside of that, we uh, like this 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 rise of nationalism and uh, 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 like neo-Nazi movements that uh, became quite present in the public space, which I I cannot understand at all, and uh, I, I I'm trying to respond to that as much as I, as I can. So the whole project yeah. was a was a kind of response to that situation. Well, the project was response, uh, or it's um, it's my uh, utopian vision of uh, um, civic society that is engaged and reacts and uh, uh, you know and demonstrates in a public uh, in a public space, and uh, even though uh, like. Uh, Well, you have to face the system. You have to face some military structures. You have to um, you, know, you have to face the the, uh, the oppression that uh, that uh, that that clashes this space of freedom and of, of manifestation of your of your point of view. So this this is this is in ge very general uh, description of this project, mm. but it also uh, um, it also uh, Uh, reflects the very particular moments in Polish history, uh, like the 50s, like the 50s of 19th of 20th century, century, uh, which was like a post-Stalinist era in, um, in 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 Poland, and the strike of uh, of uh, of uh, school children uh, back in 1902 uh, under German occupation. So. Um, These two elements also refer to this, uh, the clash of these two, mm. two, two spaces. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you go about deciding, you know, what to shoot? Because these are some fairly abstract ideas, fairly kind of intellectual ideas. You know, you can't just go and do your kind of documentary thing. Because what are you going to shoot? I mean, what was the what was the kind of thought process? How, can you explain it in some way? I, I I still I'm still fighting with it, and this is another obstacle that I uh, that I have to face. And uh, this time it's the medium itself because I participate uh, in the demonstrations. I I I I I'm I'm photographing uh, the, the the protests, uh, different protests like the right wing protests, like the uh, the black marches, etc. So it's like a mixture of these public demonstrations. And uh, on the other hand, uh, I, I I did the first march of gentlemen, which is a set of colleges that is using uh, local archives and uh, and partially my 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 own pictures. Uh, so I'm still trying to respond to the situation uh, in uh, a slightly metaphorical way, mm. uh, or I'm still trying to find a way to to build a communicate that could. Uh, uh, that could possibly uh, be a uh, a metaphor rather than a direct record of the events, because uh, I believe that uh, uh, that the metaphor just lasts longer, and uh, and it's it's a serious problem that I'm, I'm facing now. So I started to draw. I mean, I'm because I, as far as I go. Um, to the demonstrations. I, I shoot a lot of pictures, which I don't publish, actually, that often. Well, I sometimes I put them on my Instagram account, but uh, uh, I don't treat it as a project or something. So, And it's like my very spontaneous uh, 
uh, response to what's going on and it's like and it's very uh, vivid and it's very uh, very ongoing and um, very like a fresh and uh, uh, you know it's uh, I don't have a time to process all these things so uh, like my first the first step I did I said okay I have this set of drawings but you know they don't they offer they are too realistic to me I mean they're so I started to make drawings and combine different spaces that I took from this very much realistic uh, record that I'm uh, producing with photography and uh, sometimes I feel that I almost succeeded and uh, on the other hand I'm I'm trying to respond to that to to that also in in a in a, in a photographic way through the uh, like the, the colleges, uh, like building this more metaphorical and abstract space that I place this particular events or knowing what's going on around me, the, uh, the some particular image could be read in in some certain way because the context of the of the times, uh, the context of our uh, of our current situation is such a strong thing that I think that we. I can allow myself to be more abstract. Um, so, and but this is like still a very um, unsolid structure that I'm trying to to form. But mm. So it's. Uh, but do you, it sounds like you quite enjoy that sort of uncertainty, or that's like putting yourself in a slightly uncomfortable pos- position. Yes, of course. This is this is something that uh, I would like to keep uh, permanently because if you, uh, well. Uh, like searching for solutions is much more interesting than uh, finding them actually so uh, yeah it's a well it's a struggling it's it's a process of struggle but uh, it's a process uh, of uh, of inspiration as well right right so it sort of brings us on to refusal really in a way Um, so can you just I, I suppose you know explain what are the themes of that project or what it's about uh, refusal again is a um, a collection. It's a collection of different mechanisms uh, of control, manipulation um, uh, with a political context. So it's about propaganda. It's about um, distortion of reality and this distorted vision that propaganda produces because it somehow bends uh, the reality, so-called reality. Well, what is real is another question, but uh, uh, like this very harsh uh, propaganda can really interpret this, uh, uh, this, uh, this, this reality. And the refusal is about that. And um, it, uh, it, it's, it, it's very much uh, linked with... Uh, 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 with uh, like losing innocence, um, which is uh, like photographing these uh, objects, which uh, uh, could potentially have uh, like a different meaning meanings when if if we place them in a different surroundings, um, or some structures, not not particularly like objects or places. But uh, uh, let me explain. It's what I was hoping to do with the Winners Project, it's, which is this utopian vision of perfect society promoted by authorities, uh, like a collection of winners of various state-organized contests. Uh, so yeah, that was the Belarus Project. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the Belarus Project. And uh, we, my initial idea was to, um, uh, to uh, produce a neutral message that could be used either by uh, authorities, Belarusian authorities, uh, or uh, by some critical environments uh, from so-called uh, Western culture or something like that. So uh, that was that, that. That's something that I tried to do, like playing with uh, playing with a context uh, and uh, focusing or finding some uh, uh, some potential model situations that were appropriated by uh, uh, by ideology. Uh, um, and you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's something that fascinates me. That uh, how can we play with this, this various uh, interpretations of one particular uh, structure or uh, place? Or mm. even though we uh, uh, we uh, there 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 are like hard facts behind them. So, but still, like propaganda is uh, uh, is is is, is uh, very much capable of bending. 
the, the or shifting the meaning of, of, of these particular situations. Right. How did the collaboration come about with with Adam Broomberg? Because um, he's what just helped with the actual putting of the show, or where's his? You know, how does it fit in? Um, I actually uh, asked him to um, to write a text for uh, for a catalog in for the premiere show of the refusal uh, at Atlas Stuki in Atlas Stuki Gallery in in Łódź in Poland. Uh, because uh, I was uh, I was uh, really in inspired by his activist attitude and that he's like well they are uh, they they both are very much responsive uh, uh, and uh, like the work they do is always somehow politically uh, rooted and uh, and I think they like like uh, Adam and Olivier they 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 just uh, found this. Uh, Great way of uh, uh, of using the, um, a metaphor uh, uh, of this uh, like uh, uh, of this contemporary times of uh, of this contemporary politically defined times. So it's like uh, something that inspires me a lot, and that that's why I, I I I asked Adam to to work on a text, and we've been discussing the show uh, just before. It was uh, it was installed in um, in um, in, uh, in Atlas Stuki Gallery, and um, it was like these talks I really really inspired me. And then we we created this coded interview that you can find in the catalog uh, of the Deutsche Börse uh, Photography Prize, um, which is like this camouflaged uh, uh, camouflaged uh, uh, conversation between. Point A or, or like of figure A and figure B, and it's a lot about these distortions and uh, camouflaging information, which is also one of the aspects of propaganda. Like the camouflage is uh, something that uh, uh, that is very important. Mm. So um, he's been, yeah, for in this uh, final stage, uh, like Adam was. Uh, uh, one of the uh, few people that uh, really helped me to like to formulate mm. all, all that. Mm. Aside of uh, uh, Maciek Pisuk, as an amazing Polish writer, like uh, uh, who wrote a beautiful text about his trip through different sorts of ideology, from uh, s- uh, starting from like a solidarity movement times, and uh, you know, living under the communist regime, and uh, really resisting until contemporary times. That he's like a like a very active, uh, uh, active. Uh, he's an activist. Yeah, mm. he's an activist uh, that protests, that uh, responds to our con- contemporary political situation. Mm. So. It was like um, it's a teamwork. It's um, yeah, definitely teamwork. collaboration. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about all the books because well, you, ha- you haven't made a book of of refusal. Um, mm, well, yeah, no, it's a, it's a very it's strange situation for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, because it's uh, as um, you know, the refusal deals a lot with a space, with a physical space. Right. So, so it's the it one thing that maybe wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day. It's like, like uh, you know, I I couldn't imagine the, the winners uh, project uh, as as an exhibition, like as a standalone exhibition. Uh, but uh, because it was supposed to be a book, I couldn't translate this all the gestures that I could make in the book and that could be justified. Uh, uh, all these layers, hiding, etc. That book offers you in a way. Uh, I, I, I couldn't find a way to, how to present it in the in the gallery space, but since I started to work on the refusal and all these different architectural uh, solutions, um, it uh, it became easier to me to think about the exhibition format for the winners project. While with the refusal, uh, it's the other way around, and right. uh, it's like it 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 deals with architecture. It's uh, well, there's architecture in the pictures. There's a lot of architecture. It's uh, this uh, labyrinth or these labs that we are exhibiting like we're we're functioning actually as a society as the individuals because we are all involved in this uh, like in this space and this space defines us and sometimes we ignore it
it, but uh, sometimes uh, it's such a strong thing that it really defines our way of functioning. So um, it's a very special thing, and uh, for 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 the for the time being, it's uh, it's uh, it's this really physical experience that being being somewhere because. Uh, and I, I and I think uh, in a way the exhibition, which is like a very emotional, th- uh, like it was always uh, a very emotional uh, uh, clash, like facing the exhibitions, because uh, you you refer directly to to to, to the space, but uh, somehow it became uh, it has it, 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 this exhibition has become um, like a more distant and uh, um, while with the book I have some sort of intimate relation because of the scale because I can hold the book I can take it with me I can go back whenever I want but uh, with, the, with with the exhibition it's like it's 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 a little bit overwhelming it's like it surrounds you and it's it's like this oppressive cage and well basically like the gallery format and the museum format institutional format it's like Kind of, uh, uh, yeah, kind of a box that you're just uh, put in. So it's a kind of an oppressive mm. situation, and and I and I like it. I mean, I, I I enjoy to play with different elements of refusal because it's like the edited version here. It's not the full version mm. of the exhibition, um, but it, it's it's sort of fascinating that I I so far I haven't started to think about the book. Maybe because of this uh, spatial relations. Mm. And you, as you kind of mentioned at the beginning, you work with your wife because she's a book designer, so that's kind of useful for you. Um, but what's that? Has that been a good experience for doing that, or is that is that challenging? Oh, it's uh, it's an amazing because uh, Anya is uh, is amazing book designer, and uh, she has uh, she has uh, such an open attitude, and it really reflects my. Uh, um, like sort of my attitude in photography because it's like you just try to respond to uh, some particular idea and not to create some sort of set of tools that you could apply to each book or to each project and uh, so uh, this is this is something very very amazing I feel really lucky to to work with her and it's of course very very much challenging because uh, uh, we've been together for 20 or so years and uh, and we've been working together since we started to work uh, as a, a me as a photographer and as a graphic mm. designer uh, so we work basically at the same desk and uh, it's like uh, it's it's uh, you know it's uh, we're uh, we're always uh, sort of at work and we're always discussing the ideas but on the other hand you just it's like a so dangerous for the private space that we also should have but we are so passionate about the work and uh, what uh, what we do uh it's uh, it's uh, it's challenging at, uh, at the same time and uh, so mm. uh nevertheless i i I feel very privileged to to work with uh, with her because it's a constant exchange of uh, opinions it's it's this this is this ping pong that i mentioned mm. before but it's a different sort of ping pong that i had with Fulter Brayford. it's a um, it's a, this uh, like a, a very like um, uh, inspired bait based uh, spiral that is between us at least uh, this is my perspective <laughs> it would be good to ask anya what she thinks about yeah. it but uh, uh, it's it's just great to work with her and she's mm. um, f- well it's a, it's a it's a great comfort for uh, not only for me, but as, as far as I know, for uh, other photographers that she uh, she worked on, on on the books because it's she's a great support mm. and uh, also in terms of constructions, uh, she understands photography and she understands uh, people behind photography. This is this like this psychological skill that she has, and I think this is just wonderful. You've had to give some advice to that sort of young Raffle who when you were in Russia and you were crapping yourself and you know what what, what advice would you give, give to that guy now you're you know more mature and uh, you know more worldly it could be um, fo- it could be photographic related or it could be just you know life related uh, well I um, like experimentation is something that I would advise to young Raffles and not only Raffles uh, that, uh, that that's something that uh, like 
to trying to experience as many things like visually uh, of course in life as well but it's like uh, uh, even within photography itself it's uh, like to to understand that uh, uh, photography or uh, another uh, like a visual language or a medium is just a, it just is just a tool in your hands and uh, as many tools you you try then you i think i believe that you can just control these tools and the, you can use the richness of of of, of them to compose um, the the communicate which is the communicate is in the very first fir first place it's like uh, it's um uh, otherwise it becomes like the empty formal shell and which is which i'm completely not interested in and like persistence is this is something which is uh, <laughs> which is uh which always uh, uh pays off and mm. it's uh, uh you know it's uh, something that we all should have and i i hope for myself at this <laughs> because i always i i still uh, believe that i'm somewhere you know in, in the beginning or like uh, i'm like uh, trying to uh, reformat myself permanently so it's like the the new beginning always right well i think we'll we'll wrap it up because we're sitting here in Brett's office. He's probably waiting to get in here. Oh, yeah. um, thank you so much for talking. It's been really, really interesting. Um, thank you. And, and you know, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but good luck with the Deutsche Bors. Even if you don't win it, you know, it's amazing to get to get to the last four. So either Absolutely. way. Yeah. yeah and, 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 yeah, best of luck for the future. Thank you, Raphael. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you.